Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. On this, the fifth day of 2018, the first podcast of 2018 for the Indians, and today, pinch hitting for Jordan Bastion, our good friend, Anthony Castrovince. Castro, we thank you as always uh, for the time, and what we're doing today is uh, simply taking a look ahead to this uh, very promising and talented and deep Indian squad for 2018, answering the five biggest questions that the tribe faces as they uh, look to reach their promised land here in 2018. So, Anthony, want to start here. Uh, you look at this uh, Indians rotation in 2017, and they were just dynamite, led by uh, the Cy Young winner, Corey Kluber. Uh, they were good. They were durable. They ate innings. Uh, they were very effective. But baseball being the cruel vixen that she is, is it reasonable to expect at least a little regression from this group uh, in 2018? Yeah, I mean, you hit on the key word, Matt, which is durable. And it's just hard to count on that from year to year. We, we see that. And, you know, sometimes the greatest uh, indicator of future injury is past injury. And, um, you know, Danny Salazar, of course, uh, you know, continue to have struggles with the elbow um, in 2017. So it remains to be seen uh, how he holds up going forward. And, um, you know, I think about Corey Kluber's back, of course, was a big topic of conversation early in 2017. And then again, at the end of 2017, when he labored in the playoffs. So, um, so yeah, it, it's going to be tough to repeat. I think just the sheer performance alone is tough to repeat. I mean, there, by some measures, this was a historic pitching staff in 2017. So, uh, you know, they might have to rely on the offense a, a little more. You never know. Um, the one good thing the Indians have going for them going into the year and you know, going into spring training is just pure depth. And, uh, you know, like Ryan Merritt is an example of a guy out of options who doesn't really have an obvious role on the staff right now, um, you know, should things crop up in spring training, which tends to happen, you know, when guys report and start, you know, throwing pitchers in earnest, pitches in earnest, uh, you know, sometimes they come up with some things. And um, so that, that depth is important to have going into the year. Yeah, you take a look at the uh, the Cubs in 2016, uh, the year they won the World Series. Obviously, uh, that rotation was historically good, and you just can't expect uh, to duplicate that again. And that's uh, you know what happened to the Cubs in 2017. They were still good, but not historically good as they were in 2016. The Indians hoping to avoid uh, that same fate here in 2018. Uh, Anthony, uh, Terry Francona on more than one occasion has uh, just heaped uh, praise upon praise upon praise uh, for Brian Shaw and the work he did out of that bullpen for a number of years. You know, 
Cody Allen and Andrew Miller, they, they're kind of the, the marquee guys of that pen, and, and they get the lion's share of the attention, and deservedly so. But Francona, again, he just said Brian Schaub was such an unsung hero of that bullpen. He, of course, has moved on. How tough is it going to be to replace him? You know, very tough. I don't think you. I don't think they will replace him. Just ensure in terms of his durability, um, and, and you know, just the ability to take the ball for, for so many innings in a given year, and year after year. In his case, uh, pretty much a freak of nature when it comes to that. So, um, but as far as the performance goes, you know, other guys just have to step up, and they step into more prominent roles. I mean, Dan Otero and Nick, Nick Goody in house. You know, those are two guys who you're going to see in more high leverage spots than we did last season. So. Um, it's the combined effect of, of losing Shaw and Joe Smith, who's an important trade pickup for them midseason. Um, you know, they they just invited a bunch of guys from their system to spring training camp, and you know, there, there could be more exposure for those guys here moving forward over the course of 2017. Because of course, bullpens are always a moving target, and a lot of guys filter in and out. But um, but yeah, as far as identifying those those trusted options, you know, uh, Otero, Goody, McAllister, you know, these are guys who. Terry Francona is going to have to determine if he can trust them in, in the big moments as, as the year goes along. Because we've seen it so often, Matt, it, it, the evolution in this game, uh, we, we've seen in recent years that it's not about having an elite closer. It's not even about having an elite closer paired with an elite setup man. It's about having four, five, six guys that you can count on night after night after night because starters just don't go as deep into the games as they traditionally did, um, even in a great rotation like the Indians have. Um, so I'm also curious to see just, you know, the remainder of this winter, if they're obviously they have a limited budget here, uh, you know, these last uh, six weeks or so before spring training, but there's still a lot of bullpen arms out there. Not the, the high, you know, profile guys who really flew off the shelves early in the winter, but um, still a lot of options out there. And for a team that's been really good about identifying, um, you know, kind of bargain buys in that department, you know, this is their chance to shine because they're going to need them. Yeah, no question. And uh, like you said, it's going to take more than just one guy to replace Brian Shaw. It's, it's going to be, you know, uh, two or three guys to kind of fill that role and be uh, complimentary pieces uh, to the the light, the guys that we know are going to be lights out. And uh, Andrew Miller, Cody Allen, and even throw Dan Otero into that mix as he's been very good for the Indians uh, the past couple years. Uh, Anthony, Michael Brantley has always been kind of a, a fascinating uh, topic uh, to discuss, a guy that uh, as recently as a couple years ago, a top three finisher in a, in a MVP voting. I almost said Cy Young. Maybe he can pitch too. I don't know. But he, a top three finisher in the MVP vote. Of course, he's been hampered by uh, injuries uh, in the past year or two. Uh, how concerning right now are the health issues of Michael Brantley? Can we have full confidence that he's going to be healthy and be the Michael Brantley we know he can be? Well, I, first of all, after two shoulder surgeries in the recent past, I don't think we'll see him on the mound anytime soon. But uh, uh, And now, of course, coming off the ankle injury. And um, Look, I understand why the Indians picked up that option you know, relative to the marketplace. I, I think in the open market, Michael Brantley would have commanded that and, and probably a multi-year deal from some other club. Um, and, and they value him so much, uh, his, his presence in that clubhouse and in that lineup. And we saw you know, in, in 2017, when healthy, he was an all-star. He, he was a legitimately great comeback story. Uh, in the first half of the year. Um, and then, then the ankle injury, of course, occurred in August, and that was pretty much that. He was a non-factor in the postseason. So um, so I understand the, the fan frustration with, with spending that amount of money. Again, if you have a limited budget in the winter, allocating that amount of money to a guy who is coming off so many injuries in the recent past, I, I get the concern or, or consternation there on the part of the fans. I also get another part of the Indians of, you know, why why they felt that was necessary to do. Ultimately, you know, 
I mean, this is such an obvious answer, but yeah, he has to stay healthy. I mean, fundamentally. So, um, you know, they signed John Dorlanzo, uh to play first base. So that kind of crushes the idea of, of perhaps Brantley, uh, you know, moving to first, even on a limited basis, um, you know, to, to kind of help preserve that body a bit. And, and whether that would have even been the case, who knows? But um, I, I don't count on him being in there on opening day. I, I think they're, you know, uh, approaching it realistically. I mean, they, they hope uh, in, in the latter part of April uh, he'll be a factor for them. So, um, yeah, he's going to be a, a key X factor again this year. I feel like we've been saying this yeah. every winter, and we have uh, the last three winters now where identifying Michael Brantley as a huge X factor for the Indians, and it's once again true. Yeah, well, he's nothing if not consistent, right? Uh, that is, uh, again, a topic for Brantley uh, coming into 2018, and we'll see what happens there. Uh, Anthony, a few more to wrap up. Uh, Jose Ramirez, uh, if not for transcendent years by Aaron Judge and Jose Altuve, he would have been the AL MVP. He was that good in uh, 2017, a top-three finisher. But there's some uncertainty as to whether he's a second baseman, a third baseman. If he's a second baseman, what does that mean for Jason Kittness? Does he go to the outfield? If that happens, who does that display? right there whole bunch of dominoes could fall uh how do you think terry francona is going to sort this whole thing out well first of all the the brantley situation that we just discussed you know the 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 possibility that he's not exactly ready for you know the start of the regular season i could i could foresee jason kipnis out there in left field at the start of the season at least um and then kind of figure it out from there but um you know their first preference is for jose ramirez to be at second base i think we saw it um, with Kipnis on the shelf in the latter part of the year, and they go on that 22-game winning streak. You know, Ramirez is the second baseman, Lindor short. It was a really special combination up the middle. They were just better defensively. And, of course, what Ramirez brings you at the plate, no matter where he's playing, is, is, is uh, if it's anything like it was in 2017, it's valuable. So, um, you know, that's, that's their best defensive alignment. Um, they did try to trade Kipnis. It's no secret this winter. Um, you know, him making $13 million, that would have been – you know, money they could free up to do other things. And maybe that still happens, but it obviously hasn't happened to date. So, um, so ultimately, you know, when Brantley is healthy, um, I, I could see Kipnis floating back and forth between positions, you know, second base and, and in the outfield, um, depending on what the, the daily concoction is in that lineup. But, uh, and that could be in Ramirez going back and forth between second and third, which, you know, it's not ideal. You want him plugged into one position on an everyday basis, but um, he's also shown the aptitude, the ability to do it. So, you might want to kind of take advantage of that. But, yeah, a lot of moving parts. I mean, Yandy Diaz over at third base. Um, Giovanni Urshel is going to be out of options, so he'll be interesting in spring training what happens there. But, um, you know, Yandy Diaz might have the, the biggest pure upside um, for them, you know, early, in the early part of the year. And he could be in the corner outfield. He could be at third base. The other X factor here is Francisco Mejia, uh, the number one prospect. And, you know, he's, he's seen some time at third base in the latter part of the minor league season and the Arizona Fall League. So um, I, I would not be shocked if, if he's a contributor at the big league level in the first half of the year and, and potentially at the hot corner. Yeah, um, a lot with, of a lot being, of pieces to sort through uh, yeah. for Terry Francona. It's a, as the saying goes, a good problem to have, but uh, there's still a lot of sorting out to do uh, to figure out uh, what is the best alignment for all concerned uh, for the 2018 season. Anthony, uh, one more to wrap up. Of course, the Indians have been among baseball's elite teams uh, the past uh, couple seasons, coming oh so close to winning it all in uh, 2016. And then, of course, uh, the heartbreaking uh, ALDS defeat at the hands of the Yankees this past year. How much longer do you think this uh, this window is going to be open for the Indians to not, to not just be a good team, but a legit World Series contender? Well, they have controllable assets in their starting rotation, which 
in many cases is half the battle. Um, but I, I think the Mets are a good example of how quickly the window maybe doesn't shut, but it certainly changes um, if, if health, you know, if health invades that starting rotation. So that's the, that's the danger there. The other danger for the Indians, of course, is that um, as much as they've relied on the starting rotation, they've also been probably equally reliant on the back end of that bullpen with Cody Allen and Andrew Miller, and both those guys are running their walk years. And we've seen the price of bullpen help has dramatically escalated in this game where, you know, Brian Shaw just got a contract uh, that in terms of ad- average annual value was the same as Andrew Miller's contract. So it just goes to show where that's headed, where that market is headed. And, uh, you know, so the, the odds of the Indians bringing back one or both of those guys is, is perhaps slim. So um, so that's going to be a fascinating dynamic year from now, and that just kind of speaks to the importance of maximizing this situation right now. The division will get better. You know, the White Sox are building something potentially special on the south side. Um, the, the Twins are coming. Uh, we saw that last year where they snuck into the wild card game, and um, they have, you know, some really nice young pieces in that lineup. So, I really love the Indians' projection for 2018. I, I think they are in a good position to potentially even dominate the division again. Certainly they're in a good position to be the clear favorite, you know, going into the year. Um, but, you know, are we going to be able to say that going into 2019, 2020? I'm not as sure just because of those dynamics that I just mentioned. So, um, so yeah, it, it's all about this moment, Matt. And there was a that's what made the division series, you know, exit in 2017 so frustrating it was obviously a legitimately great team one of the best teams in major league baseball by any measure um and, and you had the momentum of that 22 game streak and all that stuff um and they didn't take advantage of it so they, they clearly got to capitalize on 2018 yeah maybe you don't go quite as far to say 2018 is make or break but uh it's it's darn close and i know that the indians know that and they want to do something special here in 2018 because uh, from year to year, uh, things are, are never the same. A lot of uncertainty. And uh, we'll right. see if that sense of urgency produces a few more W's in October uh, for this very talented Indians team. Anthony Castrovin's great stuff as always. We appreciate the time. And we will chat again soon. In the meantime, Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cleveland Indians. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.